It's the Donna Sugar Show. Oh, yes. It's, it's everything. It's everything. It's high heel shoes. It's makeup. It's wigs. It's, it's video games. It's movies. It's, it's Dungeons and Dragons and World of Warcraft. It's, it's about me. The podcast is about me. You should know this. You downloaded the Donna Sugar Show. Yes. Oh, God. This voice. I, I sound like the author. Yes. Oh, I need a nap. Well, hello, darlings. This is Donna Sugars. Yes. And welcome to the Donna Sugars Show. Oh, yes. My God, I'm sorry. That that, that higherness <laughs> is a little difficult. Uh, welcome back, girls, to another episode of the Donna Sugars Show. Uh, this show is all about things that are important to me. And um, as I had talked in a few episodes back about trying to really give you guys a variety um i'm gonna i'll go into kind of how i'm going to do that in this episode and then we're gonna get into some topics uh uh, most importantly we're gonna talk about a video game that i'm kind of obsessed with right now uh and and then i'm gonna tell you (laughs) and then i'm gonna talk about my thanksgiving and we'll do some two minutes of news so darlings um let's go right into it yes girls so a happy gobble gobble girl uh for those of you who (laughs) who um who like thanksgiving i love thanksgiving i'm a fat bitch i will i will put no qualms about it. i love a baked ham i love a turkey some green bean casserole like i love it all oh my god um i like the concept of thanksgiving i love a, a holiday uh to be thankful for the things in your life and to celebrate that with a meal with friends and family um, I like that it has a concept, but <laughs> the actual history of Thanksgiving is is kind of grotesque. Um, the, it was not what we've regularly been taught about Thanksgiving is so manufactured and and lies. Um, really, <laughs> it is quite barbarous uh, what uh, the native people had to go through uh, from the the invading. <laughs> population of pilgrims that came to america and um it wasn't until abraham lincoln as a proclamation uh made this a holiday and then it was ratified in the 1940s by president roosevelt um that it became what it is a bank holiday a federal holiday uh the fourth thursday in november um but ultimately, what it has become has become very commercialized. Uh, but it comes from a da- very dark, <laughs> a very dark uh, beginning. Um, I, I so since I moved out here, I I will sometimes I sometimes had plans for Thanksgiving, but for the most part, most of my friends have families, so they go to their family's house. So I do. Uh, I've been doing Thanksgiving by myself, which is completely okay. I know some people are going to make a face. Some people are going to say that's sad. Go fall, whatever you want to do. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Last year, I actually went home uh, and I spent seven months in California, as we all know. So I was able to have Thanksgiving with my family. But um, I don't mind being by myself. I don't mind the calm, uh, how quiet my condo unit gets because everyone's gone. (laughs) Um, but I, I got together and I'm like, I'm going to cook, uh, cause I, I enjoy it. I'm going to go above and beyond. So 
Um, I cooked a ham. Uh, I did much better with the ham and Instant Pot this time. Um, I did an apricot jelly and um, Dijon mustard mix, which some of you are making a face, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> so my mother, my mother used to use Knott's Berry Farms apricot syrup, and she'd put that on the tur- the ham. She'd bake it, and it would taste like a honey baked ham. I don't know what it is about apricots, but it gives this delicious taste. And so when they stopped making the syrup, I actually switched over to. She switched over to jelly, and then I started doing my own ham, and I was doing my ham with brown sugar and uh, uh, mustard, which, as everyone knows, brown sugar and Dijon mustard is what hot mustard for McDonald's is, Um, and I would coat my ham with that, so that kind of mustard flavor. So, But I still love my mother's ham, so I I decided this year I was going to try a mix of the both, kind of get the sweetness from the apricot and the kind of mustard taste and the undertone from the Dijon. It came out great. It was actually very good. Um, I know everyone has their things about ham and how they do it, but yeah, those I think worked for me. I put those in um, the Instapot. Uh, they were only in there for 20 minutes. It was not a very long time because the ham is already cooked. It just needs to impregnate the flavor and heat up. Uh, it came out really great. Uh, I did... What else did I do? I made mashed potatoes from scratch, which is something I've never done before. Um, so uh, you guys have to understand that when I first started cooking, I cooked for a family, um, a larger family, I, or I cooked for a, a smaller family, but girls we ate. Like we would put it away put it in Tupperware and eat it the next day. So um, when I learned how to cook, it was for large numbers of people. So like I love mac and cheese and I love to make mac and cheese, but I don't know how to make mac and cheese for anything less than eight people. (laughs) Like if I'm not feeding people during Thanksgiving or Christmas, I don't know how to make a small batch of mac and cheese. Like I know how to make a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese, but I don't know how to make a little bit of mac and cheese. And a little bit of mac and cheese is all I would want because honestly, like how many days in a row can you eat mac and cheese before you get tired of it? And I know that sounds so crazy, but like that's all you have. You have to get tired. You get, do you do get tired? So I bought a pre-made mac and cheese and everyone's going to judge me. It was from Wegmans. It was delicious. It was great. <laughs> they did a good job. Uh, but uh, so I did that. Um, I, I got some fresh green beans and I'm like, okay, how am I going to treat these green beans? And I threw them, I boiled them, uh, uh, like part, like blanched, uh, for a period of time, took them out. Instead of doing the ice pack, they went right into, um, a pan with some avocado oil because I love avocado oil, uh, and, uh, sauteed them with some garlic. And then for a little bit of salty and tang, I put a little bit of Worcestershire sauce and a little bit of soy, um, and they were delicious. <laughs> I really kind of wanted to put some bacon in there, but I'm like, no, there's already a lot going on here. So, but they were they were very good. I also put a little bit of Parmesan cheese on them. Very good. Threw them, <laughs> put them aside. People are like, this that makes no sense, but it was it was delicious. So I put them aside, uh, and then I've never made gravy before. I have. I've made gravy, like, I've watched my mother make gravy. I've made gravy my mother's way, uh, which is like country gravy where she would literally take a a, um, flour, put it in a a 
put flour in a uh, cup with a lid or like a mason jar or something like that, put some water and shake it until you have like a slurry and then put that in a stove and then you water it down, which is not far off from making a roux, but I never made a roux the traditional way. So I was like, oh God, okay. I tried making a, a ham gravy <laughs> using the ham drippings is never good, but I was recently over at my friend uh, came at Corey's house and we had Swedish meatballs and I had the best damn gravy I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to use this recipe. Cam, can I borrow this recipe? He sent it to me. So I made a roux. I was terrified. I was like, I'm going to screw this up. So butter, flour, <laughs> made a paste, watered down with beef stock. Uh, heavy cream, which I am lactose intolerant, so heavy cream is a bad thing for me. But Silk makes a, a, a fake <laughs> heavy cream, and it worked just as well. Uh, so so lactose-free heavy cream. <laughs> it was delicious. Um, and thicken that up, beef stock, cream, um, and then Worcestershire sauce and mustard. So uh, Worcestershire sauce is <laughs> prevalent in a lot of shit. Um and it made this delicious gravy. And I'm like, this doesn't look right. It's too runny. And then literally I called over to Cam. And I'm like, Cam, this doesn't look right. And he's like, it, it's going to look that way. Give it a second. Trust the process. It will then suddenly be perfect. And guess what? It was. It was perfect. It, it was perfect. And it was so delicious. Uh, and then because I had leftover beef stock, I threw that in with the potatoes, butter, uh, milk, um, a little bit of garlic. Made it up. Delicious. <laughs> So I was very happy and I made that. Um, uh, I thought it was going to take forever, but with all of that, it took me about two hours. <laughs> and then, um, and then I just played video games the rest of the day. I was like, I, this is, this is all I need. I'm quite content. <laughs> um, I bought a pie and then I forgot to take it out of the freezer. So for the next, for the two days after that, I was eating banana cream pie. I don't know why. Just like I was in a banana mood. <laughs> Um, and I've been eating ham sandwiches for days, but then I got to the point, what do you do with the leftovers? Like I, I didn't even cook the whole ham. I only cooked half of the half ham. I bought one of those half spiral sliced hams, but I still had half of it left. Um, I still had so much left and I was making ham sandwiches and that ham sandwiches are delicious, but then you're like, I want to do something else. So today <laughs> I tried something I'd never had before. I liked it, but I screwed it up. And I'll tell you how I screwed it up. So I found a recipe online. I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I immediately forgot where the recipe was. So I couldn't actually follow it. <laughs> but with my newfound skills, I'm like, I can do anything. So I throw some rotini pasta in because I realized I didn't have any spaghetti pasta. Um, and then I made, uh, I sauteed some mushrooms in avocado oil because I love avocado oil with some fresh garlic and then I diced up the ham threw the ham in sauteed all of that till it's nice and cooked had a good fawn that kind of those crunchy bits that stink to the bottom of the pan set those aside made a roux with butter flour and that fawn kind of scraped it up getting all good put in some I ran out of beef stock chicken stock the the last of the silk heavy cream some milk and made like a creamy bechamel sauce i threw in some parm cheese some asiago um, italian seasonings kind of made my own little faux fettuccine sauce and then i tossed that in 
to the pasta with the ham and the ham, the mushrooms, the garlic, and peas. I've never had this before. I didn't know if this was going to be good. I I thought, oh, this is kind of bland. And then I kept trying to season it. And then (laughs) I put in white and black pepper because I've kind of grown obsessed with white pepper. It was too much pepper. And I realized afterwards it was way too much pepper. But it was delicious. I love it a lot. (laughs) Of course, I made too much. I'll be eating that again tomorrow. Um, But that dealt with all the ham. Um, The green beans are gone because I love green beans. I could literally just eat a bowl of green beans. Um, But I still have mashed potatoes and gravy left. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with mashed potatoes and gravy? So so I saw something and I'm like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So I bought some ground beef. I'm going to take the leftover gravy, thin it out a bit, throw it in with some fresh done ground beef, then throw in some carrots and peas, and I have mashed potatoes so I can make shepherd's pie. (laughs) So if anyone's never had that, it's kind of like a a beef gravy with vegetables underneath, and you put mashed potatoes on top, and you bake it like a casserole, and it's shepherd's pie. So... It's very delicious, um, and it's the perfect way to use those leftovers. So I'm really getting the use out of it. And I still have half a ham in the freezer with the bone, which means it's my favorite time of year. It is red beans and rice. Girl. (laughs) Um, Get some greens, get some fat, get that ham. Throw that in a crock pot with some red uh, some red beans. Let that shit cook down. Oh my god, I love red beans and rice. So <laughs> I've literally just been 13 minutes talking about food. It's so it's like it and that tells you I love I will admit, I'm not a good cook. I'm not a good cook because I don't I don't know how to correct things. Like I throw a bunch of seasoning in and I'm like, okay, that's good enough. I, I don't know. I don't have the taste to know how to correct it. And and you ask my roommate if I'm a good cook and he'll say that I'm a terrible cook because I cook everything on high. That is not true. Just usually when he sees me, it's lunchtime and I'm in a hurry. So yeah, I'll throw everything on high. <laughs> but um, I'm very happy. Like I, I, I'm very happy that I figured out how to do a roux. That, that's cool because I mean, my mac and cheese and okay, I'm going to get judgment from all of you. My mac and cheese that I've been making for years is cheating because I, instead of making a roux, use Velveeta as a binder and then I add upon it. So I take Velveeta, chop that up, and in warm cream, I make, I melt on the Velveeta and milk to make the cheese sauce. The that's that's the cheat bechamel. Then you start building your flavors in there, and the ones that I use is I use Colby, Monterey. I use Colby Monterey, Munster, and what was the fourth one? I've got the recipe somewhere, girls. It's it's packed away somewhere. I've got to find the recipe. But it's four different cheeses. Munster is the one I always get really confused confusion from people about because Munster is a very light cheese, but it makes for a very creamy sauce. So it is not a very intense mac and cheese. It's a very creamy, very delicious mac and cheese. Um, and then I put it in a pan. And my way, instead of using breadcrumbs or, or crackers or chips or anything like that, I roll out Cheez-Its. And I put Cheez-Its on the top that I've made into Cheez-It dust. And I make that. It's delicious and people love it. Um, and I I don't know how to make small batches of that. So, But I'm going to try it this year the authentic way. Make a roux. 
and try and make my own sauce and see if it's better if I make it myself. Now, if it's no better making it myself, it's going to come down to what's more time effective. Frankly, either way sounds great. <laughs> but the thought of being able to make my own um, and, th- and now knowing that there are lactose free alternatives, girl, I mean, <laughs> the things that I will do. Um, and and I think that's the thing is I, I want to be I want to cook more um, and I want to learn more about cooking. My Achilles heel is chicken. I am so bad at chicken. I don't know how to cook it. I don't know how. I don't know when it's done. There's that moment when chicken is like perfectly done and delicious. I don't know how to do that. I It's always overcooked or undercooked. And then I have to put it back on and then it's overcooked. So I just don't know. So I usually buy things that are pre-cooked and then I just reheat them. So lots of breaded chicken strips, things like that. <laughs> uh, and it, which is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, but that's that's what I know how to cook. Um, <laughs> I've been uh, so I, I yeah so I do kind of want to get into more cooking and I and I was telling my friends that I want to take a cooking class and they're like yeah let's get into it let's do a cooking class I will totally go with you. Um, so they do one of those boxes where you get sent all the ingredients and vegetables and and the meat and everything and then you just follow the recipe. Girl, I am I don't think I I'm at that point yet. I don't think I'm good enough to do that. <laughs> Uh, but I'll get there. I think I will get there. So I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, for those of you who celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you enjoyed it. For those of you outside of the country, um, Thanksgiving is purely fat American. <laughs> it's a purely American thing, the, the concept of overeating. Um, I'm, I'm curious for those out there, and, and this is a simple Google search, but that's but I'm reaching out to my fans. Uh, darlings, um, tell me about it. Uh, are there any holidays like Thanksgiving in your country? Um, I would love to know about days that you guys just eat and drink and watch sports and be thankful for your family. So let's get right into some two minutes of news, shall we? (laughs) It's been almost 20 minutes. Like, we really should get to some news. You rock! (laughs) Two minutes of news! Yes! Okay, darlings, three months worth of stories, no particular order. Stephen Sondheim, musical legend, dies at the age of 91, a special place in hell for the person who locked their small dog in their car while they went into a Disney World Resort theme park and it had to be rescued by the fire department. OnlyFans backs away from its porn ban, realizing it would destroy the platform. Pete Buttigieg and his husband Chasten adopt a boy and a girl and they're adorable. Aaron Carter was going to be in a new show in Las Vegas and then immediately gets fired because he refused to be vaccinated. So no dick for you, everybody. Tesla opens a showroom in Native American land in New Mexico, getting around the state's ban on automakers selling vehicles straight to the customers. Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, comes out of the closet and I've always realized that I had a weird sexual thing for her and I'm a breast man. RuPaul makes Emmy history, winning his 11th Emmy Award, making him the most awarded black artist in Emmy history. The state of California bans the sexual practice known as stealthing, with AB 453 being signed by the governor. The creator of the cryptocurrency website Ethereum, Valtic Buterin, says that it was because of the hobbling of his World of Warcraft character that he developed the website. Capital Rioter ignores judges' warnings not to represent himself amidst the two new felonies. Will Poulter joins Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 as Adam Warlock, and he fucking looks amazing. A half-mile installation that just took 20,000 pounds of plastic out of the ocean, proving that ocean garbage can be clean. A 22-year-old Texas man involved in a plot to use Grinder to kidnap and rob gay men has been sentenced to 23 years in prison. A man is covered in poo after a passing plane dumps its toilet waste over his backyard. 
Cal Penn comes out of the closet, which was a shock for me. Live action Avatar The Last Bender cast Daniel Day Kim as the Fire Lord Ozai, and now I have sexual thoughts about Fire Lord Ozai, which is not supposed to happen. Britney Spears' conservatorship ends after 13 years. Smithers finally gets a boyfriend on The Simpsons. Caitlyn Jenner accuses Ellen of making everyone think she's an asshole, even though it's because she's an actual asshole, not because of anything Ellen did. Jeff Irons confirms that Scar from The Lion King was gay, which we already knew. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson are fucking. And finally, Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota says kids should fill in jobs that are short, like plumbers, electricians, and construction workers. Two minutes of news! Oh my god. Okay, darlings, we're going to make this super quick here. Um, so obviously, <laughs> I'm going to leave that very raw because it was not pretty. Um, but I, darlings, it's been a while. I'm sorry. So let's jump right into it. Steven Sondheim, absolute legend. So many amazing shows. West Side Story, Gypsy. Funny thing happened on the way to the forum, which I did in college. So good. Company, I still weep openly at the end of Act One. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Sweeney Todd, one of my favorite musicals of all time. Merrily We Roll Along. Sunny in the Park with George. Into the Woods. Oh my God, Into the Woods. Um, I won an award for costuming doing that show. So brilliant. The lyrics so difficult. I could never actually be in the show. Um, absolute legend is lost. And it's very sad. Uh, the dog that was rescued from the car had less than an hour left to live had he stayed in there from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., no charges were filed against the dog's owner, and Disney has failed to respond. Disney should revoke that person's passenger or should block them. That is fucked up. You don't do that to an animal, okay? If you don't have someone to care for your dog, you don't go to the theme park and just leave the dog in the car. That's not right. Um, the reason I know about the OnlyFans uh, uh, block originally is because I follow Jackson Stone. If you uh, want to check him out, please go check him out. He's beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful young man. Um, who does some amazing things with some beautiful people. <laughs> well worth the money. Um, I love his videos. And when he said, hey, guys, I'm being forced to switch over. I moved over to Just for Fans, and I'm happy over there. I think their uni their interface is better. And um, they have they're, – they, they're all – they understand what their base is. They understand that this is why they are there, is to give us what we want. So um, OnlyFans can fuck off. Uh, moving on, the stories. Okay, now, guys, Aaron Carter's not my thing. Okay, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yums. If your thing is Aaron Carter, you have fun with that. He was going to be doing Naked Boy singing. Less than a week later, refused to get vaccinated. He was asked to resign. He resigned. So you don't get to see go to shows and see him get naked. Now, I know that Chris uh, Salvatore is in that show, and he is my thing, and I would like to see him naked um <laughs> the sad thing is is that i look at like aaron carter and aaron carter reminds me of that gay for pay actor um uh Bo sin who um just recently decided to bottom for the first time he's a gay for pay actor he's decided to now take it up the butt good for him um and i was having a conversation with with a friend about how kind of disgusting like and how this these people are just kind of gross and I get it. Um, and I definitely can see where that is someone's type. Okay. <laughs> um, it's not mine. I find, I think it's great. Hey, when, when someone is willing to get fucked in the ass on film, like, good for you. Like, yeah, you're straight. But at the same time, like, you're doing something that is going to have a very visceral reaction from other people. Uh, Will Poulter is looking real good. Um, <laughs> he has aged well. Um, he's pulled a long bottom and he's looking amazing. He's going to make an amazing Adam Warlock. Can't wait for that. 
Um, a lot of people are saying that the half mile installation that removed all the plastic from the Pacific is not environmentally friendly enough and is not effective enough. Well, guess what? It's doing something. OK, for the people that are complaining, what are you doing? OK, <laughs> like someone is doing something. How about we applaud the 18 year old who thought this up and who he's now 27 and he's actually doing it. What have you done? OK, <laughs> it, just, it annoys me when they just attack other people for what they're trying to do. Um, the guy who got covered in poo was in Windsor, England. His whole garden, his garden umbrella and him were covered in sewage. I am so revolted by that. I feel so bad for him. I, it's absolutely terrible. Um, Fire Lord Ozai is the bad guy. He's the bad guy. I should not find him attractive. Casting Daniel Day Kim as that is just wrong because now I'm going to be thirsting after the bad guy. It's not right. <laughs> so He's so cute. Oh, God. Um, I'm so happy for Smithers getting a boyfriend. It's, oh, God, I can't. Um, Jeremy Irons did an interview where he was asked about Scar. And he said, I wasn't playing Scar gay, but watching it back and seeing it all together, he was definitely a closeted gay lion. So <laughs> we're sticking with that. Kim Kardashian loves some big dick. So I am not surprised at all that she jumped on Pete Davidson. Um, because as we all know, there's a lot there. Um, lastly, darlings, okay. Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota says that kids should go into jobs that where there are workforce shortages, healthcare workers, plumbers, electricians, construction workers. No, we don't need teenagers in those jobs. No, no. Though, I mean, if they're apprenticing to do those jobs as their careers, that's one thing. But encouraging kids to go into those jobs um, that they don't want to do those? No. No, thank you. I don't want the people building my house to be uh, 14, 15-year-olds. <laughs> so I think that's the absolute wrong idea. I think that you should be encouraging businesses to pay their employees better, give them better benefits, and then they won't be having a workplace shortage. Who knew? Um, paying people a livable wage and giving them good benefits, they'll want to work for you. And hey, maybe don't treat them like garbage. So I'm sorry, Miss Klobuchar, bad idea. Um, considering the healthcare that you have, how about you focus on um, maybe making sure that everyone has universal healthcare? So maybe take the burden off the business and then the business can start paying their employees more. Okay, see, maybe that'll work. Um, instead of trying to get a 15-year-old to go work as a construction worker or electrician. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? That terrible idea. Oh, God. Sorry. I got on my soapbox for a moment. <laughs> Darlings, I mean, if that is your career goal, and this is not me degrading those careers. I am all for those careers. Frankly, I really wish I had gone to school for welding because I find that fascinating. I think that that is a talent and an art form in itself. And I kind of, I love watching videos of people weld. Um, and frankly, I think I would have been good at it. And, and so, <laughs> um, and I, God knows I would have been making a hell of a lot more than I'm making now. So I don't degrade that. I mean, to be fair, I kind of want to be a blacksmith when I was younger too. So, but <laughs> um, so I just, I'm not, for, if that is the career path that you're choosing, great. They, they should lower the age of, uh, of uh, apprenticeships. 
But to say that the general workforce should be filled in with these underage kids as a replacement for you paying people a livable wage is not acceptable. No, no. Hey, darling. So I do need to say um, that Scott the Seder, uh, fucking Dan. Oh, God. And I lost it. There were a few people on Facebook as well um, had guessed my Halloween costume. Yes, I was going to be Madame Leota from the Haunted Mansion ride. Um, I am still probably going to be pulling her out and, and doing that costume. So uh, <laughs> look out for that maybe on TikTok. I love TikTok. I am obsessed with it and I'm starting to do videos. And I got like one of the videos, a lot of people have watched it. Not a lot of people have liked it, but a lot of people have watched it. And I'm just like, why do I have so many people? <laughs> it makes me so happy. And suddenly like a bunch of people are following me. I'm just like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, get into it. So... <laughs> love it so much so darlings new premise here so we talked about this a few episodes ago that i really want to try and give you guys a more rounded uh, approach here to my show because honestly if i talk about the things that i'm doing and things i love like there are lots of things but yeah video games are a big part of that um history books erotica uh, <laughs> world of warcraft story lore rupaul's drag race like there are tons of things um, makeup, wigs, like, I mean, there are so many things to talk about. So I'm going to work myself onto a rotation here so that people don't feel like I'm just talking about the same thing every week. Now, this week, I am going to talk a little bit about one of my favorite video games that I'm playing right now. Um, do a quick recap. So the show is going to be a little longer than normal because um, I'm going to like deep dive into this game that I'm loving. Uh, but next week, I will not talk about a video game. We'll find another topic. We'll talk about something else. So, <laughs> so if we're going to work on that. We'll see how that works. Um, if you have any suggestions or if there's things that you'd love me to talk about, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. So uh, send me an email. <laughs> so uh, we are going to talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Okay, darling. So this game is brilliant but so i'm gonna have to give you guys kind of uh some a basic overview ultimately two sides there's the assassins and there are the kind of knights templar knights templar want to control the world the the assassins want to protect the world from the knights templar now both of them are hunting out relics of an ancient race that used to exist on earth before um before humans became the kind of dominant species they've left behind technology and relics that are being constantly sought after by um the knights templar or abstergo as they're known as the company is known in the in the modern world um to control the development of the species to control people so um i played now i loved <laughs> loved the one set in greece which was odyssey um, this is this is happening in 2020, two years after um, the the previous game uh, in Atlantis. Um, the unexplained strengthening of Earth's magnetic field has started to have a negative effect on the planet. The assassins are following a signal which coordinated to New England, um, where they find the remains of a viking from 9th century norway and now they're using this device that allows them to view the genetic memories of a person to literally go back and live the life of this person and experience their life through this device um 
and that's where you find yourself. You find yourself in Norway <laughs> uh, playing the character Ivor, um, who is a Viking. <laughs> a Viking in the year AD 873. Like, absolutely nuts. Ultimately, um, obviously, huge spoilers here. Um, they leave Norway and make their way to um, the New Lands, the Anglo-Saxon England, as part of uh, the Viking expansion across Europe that was happening at the time. Um, this is the time of England. This is post-Roman. So AD 873, post-Roman Empire. Um, England is controlled by four major kingdoms, Wessex, Northumbria, East Anglia, and Mercia. Um, and then you had the uh, legendary great heathen army in the north, uh, led by uh, Ragnar Lothbrok. Now, this is all historical. This is all really, this, these things really happened. And this is why I love these games, because these games fit their created story into real history. So you find yourself in the center of these four kingdoms. You create a small settlement, which you, this is where this game gets really cool, is that you actually are building your settlement, helping your settlement get bigger and growing and, and helping it survive by going out and looking for allies. So you're going to the different areas, Mercia, uh, and these real-world places at this time, and you're looking for allies. The game takes you into Winchester, London, York. Um, uh, it takes you to parts of Norway as well as taking you into Ireland. There was a whole expansion that they did in Ireland. And Vinland, which I didn't know what Vinland was. I had to go, go Vinland is what the Vikings called America. <laughs> what the Vikings called North America when they found it well before Christopher Columbus. So there's a whole thing where you actually go there as well and you meet Native Americans. Um, it's a beautiful time frame. It has so much history that I had no idea. Really seeing how much of England um, had Roman influence is, is brilliant to see. And how <laughs> now what's funny is I always knew the 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 Danes. I didn't realize that the Danes were were Norwegian Vikings. <laughs> like the history there, there's so much there. Getting into Druidic culture of, of the time, um, getting to see Hadrian's Wall. Like, I mean, it's it's really amazing. From the standpoint of someone who loves history, it's really, really cool to play a game like this where you get to experience kind of history of a period, but in a way that, like, is not boring. <laughs> so ultimately, you have this Viking uh, clan, the Raven clan, um, and uh, it's being led by Sigurd, um, and uh, Sigurd's adopted brother is Ivor, and you're playing as Ivor. Um, and Sigurd has recently come back from Constantinople, where he met Basim, who is from an ancient order of assassins. So that's how you... <laughs> um, and uh, Basim and his apprentice uh, get Ivor's help into pursuing a group known as the Order of Ancients. Much like the other games, these are these ancient orders that want to use this technology and control the world. So you're hunting down and assassinating these people, locating the clues to figure out who they are and stop their plots. I mean, um, in when you're in Jorvik, I'm sorry, Jorvik, um, which would later be known as York uh, uh, in England, 
Um, you literally stop one of the four kind of senators of the time um, from poisoning all of the nobles because his ultimate goal was to poison them all to create chaos. Um, he was controlling the silver market so that Jorvik didn't have the money to continue fighting the war that they were currently in. And so, I mean, it's just an example. Um, so it's, it's really brilliant. And there's like real people. There are these beautiful moments. <laughs> I'm not giving you guys the, like, it's so good. Um, first of all, I, at first I was not down for him because he's got this huge scar on his face. and He's a little rough and ready. The longer I play, the more I love him. I love Ivor. Now, Ivor, you can also play as a female version, um, either or. Um, I'm playing as a male version because, girl, you play as who you want to, want to fuck you. Um, oh, God, he's gorgeous. You can choose the tattoos. You can choose what his hair looks like, um, his beard. Um, yum. Uh, you can choose how much or how little clothes you want to wear. And so, yeah, my Viking is walking around. He's wearing a full set of armor, but it's invisible, so... Pretty much my Viking god that I'm playing as has a fur on his shoulders, on his cape. He has a hood, bare-chested, covered in tattoos and pants and shoes. Um, and he uses a spear, and it's beautiful. And you can have gay relationships. You can actually, uh, and that's the best part about it, is that you can find these gay couples. I am in a long-term relationship with the local baker in our town. <laughs> and you can go up to the baker and be like, I want to bed you now. Um, it's so great. Um, he referred to, uh, he refers to sex with this one guy as sheathing the sword, um, which I think is the most brilliant euphemism for having sex. And I think that from now on, I think we should all refer to, to fucking as sheathing the sword. I think it's brilliant. Oh, I think it's hysterical. Um, he flirts with people and it's fucking great. There's this thing called flighting, which is um, rhythmic. It's it's like, uh, frankly, it's two people making fun of each other, but it's done in in a in rhyme. So he, someone would say something to me, and, and then you would have to you would have choices on what to say back, and it has to fit the pentameter, like it has to fit the length, and it has to have the rhyme in it, and it's brilliant. It's such it's very fun. Um, this game, other than the history, other than the gameplay, which is very similar to Odyssey and uh, uh, Odyssey and Origins, um, really perfected these small things. Go play this game. Just go pet a dog. Go pet a dog and go pet a cat. The moment you see how this man pets a dog and pets a cat you will be in love with him and you will want to play this game and you will want him to be happy and you will want to give him everything i just want ivor to have everything he wants like because the way he hugs that cat and the cat purrs and he just scratches behind his ears the way he pets a dog it is insane how much seeing that those two little things can make me fall in love with a person <laughs> I have a problem. Um, it's it's a very fun game. It's a game that's very easy to play. It's a game that you can you can make it as complicated as you want. Do you just want to run in, weapons blaring, killing everything in sight? Yeah, you can do that. Do you want to sneak in and not kill a single person, get everything done and sneak out without 
ever knowing that you were there. You can do that too. And I think that's what makes it fun. I love a good assassin where I am as far away as I can, launching arrows, just killing people one at a time. You kill someone and then people are like, oh shit, what, what happened? And they all come to investigate. Well, great. That puts you in my range. Death. Death from above. Like, I love it. It's so, <laughs> it's a very fun game. So I will go, I can go into more of the story, but darlings, we are at 40 minutes. <laughs> It's so good. I love this game so much. If you are not a fan of the Assassin's Creed, I would love to know why. Um, yes, it is very repetitive. I will admit that the game can be very repetitive. You're doing the same things. Like every open world game, it is a lot of running to locations, getting things. Um, but I think it's done in such a fun way that you just you just kind of love it. I love the historical aspect. I love learning about Danish culture and the Scandinavian uh, and and I didn't realize how much Scandinavian influence there was in England, the Roman influence in England. Um, it's really amazing this kind of time <laughs> learning about cultures and the fact that there's so much real history involved in these games. I think it's brilliant. So I'm going to leave it there, darlings. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, yeah, uh, I... I frankly, I could go into depth. I could spend another 10 minutes talking about this damn game. It's so good. It's so good. Um, he's so fit. Um, I, I, I modded the fuck out of it. So he's even more fit and furry. Um, <laughs> so I love it a lot. Um, darling, I'm gonna leave it there. I will be back next week. I will be giving you guys also another flashback. Uh, I don't even know what the next episode of Flashback is. We're going to listen to that tonight. Uh, I'm going to finish editing editing this show. And then um, we'll jump right into it. So, darlings, have a great night. See you next week. Bye. Okay, with the program, me has no one is so rich as to throw away a friend, you know how. Well, thank you so much, Chi Chi. You are exactly right, my friends and darlings. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Donna Sugar Show. You can download these episodes anywhere you can find podcasts online. And darlings, I love to hear from you, so give me a call at 716-236-8599. Leave me a voicemail, me at donnasugars.com, or find me online at Twitter and Instagram at donnasugars and on Facebook at the Donna Sugar Show Facebook page. Or check me out on Tumblr at donnasugars.tumblr.com. Tumblr, that amazing place where physical beauty was enjoyed by all in all of its splendor. And thanks to Prudes, now all you can see are pet memes and funny text exchanges between moms and kids. And me, holding out that someday the dicks might return. That's tumblr.com. Kisses, darlings. Bye. And if you enjoyed this background music, check it out on Audio Library on YouTube. Just search Friendship by Declan DP. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.